0: This is the first Pioneers Team podcast. I hope uh, it reaches you well. I hope you're all doing okay. Uh, The purpose of these podcasts is just to go through the big idea of the lessons um, that we'll be doing midweek in Caleb and Bethans with the young people. Between now and Christmas, we're going to be looking at Genesis chapters 1 to 3. And I thought rather than just sending you loads of notes that you've got to rifle through, uh, add well, I'm going to send you a load of notes that you need to rifle through, but rather than just having that, uh, it'd also be um, maybe a little bit easier just having a short recording that you can uh, put some headphones in if you're out and about, if you're washing the dishes, if you may maybe out and about in the car, something like that. You can just throw it on, and it'll help you become really familiar with that week's sort of lesson, just going through the big idea and a couple of things to consider um, and points of application, stuff like that. So, that's the intention. Uh, of these recordings just to maybe listen to two or three times before we meet so you become really familiar with the lesson now as well as some notes and a recording please can i encourage you to do your own reading and to be doing your own study and your own research obviously as you're then hoping to lead the young people through the chapters yourself but just to inform yourself to become as familiar as possible uh, with these chapters um familiarise yourself with them just by reading them over and over and over again between now and Christmas become so familiar with them that you're comfortable with them that there's no surprises there that you, you're you anticipating what's coming next uh, and be praying through them but specifically I want to set us a bit of a challenge to discuss them these chapters and what we're learning and what we're finding about them with someone else articulating and discussing Um, What you're thinking through and what you're learning is a really helpful exercise and it's really helpful um, for working out what you fully understood or you haven't, helps you realise which ideas are well formed and which still need work and it just causes your thinking to be a lot more robust. I find, basically, I just need to be chatting to someone through what I'm learning and what I'm thinking through. Very often, I say something and I realise, oh, that's a load of rubbish. I need to not say that again until I've figured out what I'm going on about. Um, so, ideally, find someone else in the team, maybe, who you could meet up with to chat through the chapters. Um, if there's no one in the team who you feel comfortable to do that with, hopefully there should be someone in church, maybe in your grace group. Um I am offering now an open invite to do it because I love to do it. I find it that helpful to do. Um, And you learn loads of new bits as you're speaking to somebody else who's maybe coming at it from a different perspective with different ideas um, and different paradigms, stuff like that. So that's the challenge. Please be speaking to other people about what it is that you're reading and you're thinking through. Now, typically, I'd just dive straight into kind of the section of the chapter that we'd be looking at um, this week again the intention isn't for it to be too long just to cover the title the main big lesson big aim for this week uh, and a couple of points just to think about or applications but for this first one it's just going to be slightly different because i think before we dive into the lesson there's a couple of things that we just need to be prepared for um and we need to consider when looking at the book of genesis so that's what we'll do next so before we dive into our lessons, um, we need to consider a couple of things. Genesis is a particularly divisive book, controversial book. There are so many different interpretations, there are so many different approaches to it, and even just probably within our church, I wouldn't be surprised, there are certain degrees of uh, importance placed on not just the book of Genesis, but these chapters to a point where for some people it will be a make or break faith issue. For others, it won't be as big a deal. But the spectrum of kind of importance placed on these chapters um, has such a a varied um, degree that we need to be really sensitive when we come to it. Now, the first thing that I want us to consider or to be thinking about in preparation for our study as a whole um, and even just this week's lesson is we need to remember that these chapters form part of a book genesis which is part of a collection of books called the pentateuch or what's often referred to within the bible itself as the law you may have heard the law spoken of in relation to another section of the bible's writings known as the prophets so very often you you hear them come as a a two-part deal the law and the prophets jesus himself said when uh, in the sermon on the mount i haven't come to abolish the law or the prophets but to fulfill them so According to Jesus, in order to understand who he is, why he matters, what it is that he's teaching, we need to understand the law, we need to understand what the law is and what it is that it's saying and teaching us and showing us. It's not merely a set of rules, the word law doesn't translate perfectly for us in that sense as we might commonly think of. The law is the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Now, this is just important to remember because one of the two reasons why I want us to look at Genesis with the, with the pioneers is because I want them to understand that the Bible is one coherent story from start to finish. It's been constructed intentionally with one story in mind, even though it might seem random. Generally, because we just sort of dip in and out of different bits, it isn't random. A Bible scholar and ancient Near Eastern expert, John Sailhamer, says this. Genesis chapter 1 is often read as if it were merely just an account of God's creation of the universe. It is that, of course, but it's much more. The opening verse clearly states that God created all things. But throughout the rest of the chapter, the narrative focuses on God's preparation of the land or the earth. The primary purpose of Genesis 1 is to show that God made the land and prepared it as a place for the man and woman to dwell in peace. The events recorded in Genesis 1 have been carefully selected and arranged to serve a unique role as an introduction to the whole of the Pentateuch, the law. So we need to be really careful that we don't use the Bible as a reference book to only check out our own ideas or approaches and beliefs against, or to see how it answers our questions it hasn't been designed to function that way rather it's a mentor it's a story who we come to and allow to speak to us into our setting and to shape us that way round. rather than just treating it like an encyclopedia or a, a vending machine which just dispenses neatly packaged lessons or products for us to consume it's not something we read in order to master Rather, we read it so that it begins to master us. I've just thought of that as a it and that sounds boss. I'm coining that phrase. Someone has obviously said that before, and it's just been like in my mind. But that just came out. I think that's boss. It's not something we read in order to master the Bible. Rather, we read the Bible so that it begins to master us, boss. The second big thing to realise or remember is that Genesis is an ancient text written to ancient people existing in an ancient culture therefore we have to read it as it was written which means being dead careful and sensitive to hearing what it's saying and not just what we think it should say that john salhamer from before goes on to say we can seek to discover the appropriate context for understanding genesis 1 and 2 and i believe the correct way is to view them in their literary context The first two chapters of Genesis weren't meant to be read in isolation from the rest of the Pentateuch. Again, the law, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. These two chapters present a general description of the world in which the subsequent historical events will take place. They set the stage. So it isn't trying to address all of our modern-day questions or tensions and we shouldn't approach it that way. Rather, Genesis chapters 1 to 3 are setting up the story to follow in the Pentateuch. And the Pentateuch is the beginning of the story of the Bible, which we read as a complete story in our day and setting and culture in order to understand what God wants us to know. Incidentally, now we haven't got loads of time to go into it here, but hopefully we draw it out as we go through our study of these chapters in Genesis together. But what's the main thrust of the story within the Pentateuch It's this idea of God calling, choosing, creating a people, a family for himself. Then preparing a home for them and him placing them, leading them to the home, to the land that he's prepared, where he will dwell there with them and they enjoy a relationship together. And in order for this relationship to exist, there are commandments, there are rules to follow. Trust me and do as I say. It'll be well, you'll enjoy life with me, yet disobey and choose right and wrong for yourself. It'll go wrong for you and you'll be banished from the land and from my presence. Straight away then, you should be hearing echoes of Genesis 1-3. to That's the context that's being set in order to understand this story. Go beyond the Pentateuch and to the storyline then of the Bible. God preparing a people, creating a people for Himself, who He draws to Himself, leads them to a land, to a home that He has prepared for them, whereby they live with Him and He lives with them. All they need to do in order to obtain the land, in order to enter into His presence, is trust and obey. Du, 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 du then we get to jesus and not just then we get to jesus but in order to understand the law we need to understand jesus we cannot understand who jesus is and what he's doing though, if we haven't truly understood the law that's why we want to look at genesis 1 to 3. So that's just a bit of an intro, a few things to consider. And I'm saying a couple of things, but these are a couple of massive ideas. In very simple terms, one of the things I just want us to kind of remember is who it was written to in its original context, and remember that it wasn't us. If we approach it that way, I think we'll get far more out of Genesis chapters 1 to 3 than if we try and treat it as a book that was written for us today in our context and setting in 2021 now on that obviously there's loads of things that might be obvious but might not necessarily be um right at the forefront of our minds it's worth remembering that i mean i'm going to call the author of genesis moses that could be disputed there are loads of books written about it go and do research if you're bothered jesus just called the author moses therefore i'm just sticking with moses for simplicity's sake But Moses didn't have a true concept of our understanding of the cosmos. When, for example, he's talking about in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We need to remember that Moses probably had an understanding of the earth as flat earth that was built on stilts with water underneath, that the sky was a dome um, that God almost opens the windows and pours water in in order to make it rain. It was a very ancient view of the cosmos, as opposed to our highly kind of developed and investigated concept now of the cosmos, the universe around us. Things like the laws of gravity, uh, light uh, as photons, even just stuff like when we say in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Our mind's eye pictures the globe, the round all that we see in our so the textbooks in school and when we go on Google Earth and stuff like that. But remember, like that's a very modern development. I'm pretty sure the first photograph ever taken of the globe was in like the 60s, so nobody actually saw the Earth prior to that point other than what they'd imagined or drawn themselves. So we take for granted a lot of the time um, what we know about the universe as opposed to what will have been known at the time. Now, when thinking about how we address and we discuss these type of chapters, the Bible Project have what I think is a dead good analogy, which is if as tourists we go to a a brilliant, beautiful, complex culture that is absolutely nothing like ours, take a totally different part of the world. Now, they're American, so think of somewhere maybe like India, with its own history, with its own customs and language and uh, Unique traits that is so so different from somewhere like America. If when we visit somewhere beautiful like that, we just expect all of the people who we come across to speak English, to speak our language, and to understand all of our own references the films we watch, the music we listen to, the clothes we wear only wanting to go places where we feel comfortable or eating the food that we like. So going into a little village in India and just desperately trying to seek out a machis, then we're never actually going to get to experience or taste or see or feel the beauty and the brilliance of that culture. Rather, we just impose ourselves forcefully on that culture and we've missed it all and we suffer as a result. We're still just living in our own tiny little bubble and world as opposed to broadening our mind and our thinking and our approach. So we need to be really, really careful to learn the language of Genesis, learn the language of its culture and its context, understand the people in its setting, basically just tread very delicately and let it speak to us, rather than just bludgeon it with all of our own uh, assumptions and preconceived ideas. Anyway, enough said there. Let's get into this week's um, verses and see what they have to say to us. As I said at the start, please forgive me this week for this one just being a tiny bit longer. I think going through the, the setting up the series that way is just useful before we start um, this series together. So this week we're looking at Genesis chapter 1 verses 1 to 25. Um, but we're going to be paying particular attention to just the first three verses. That's intentional. We're not actually going to get to the creation of humanity today. That will come next week. Uh, So please don't race ahead, Uh, just stay in that space (laughs) before we get to the humans being created. The big idea this week is to see that God has created all things purposefully, that God is the creator and he has intention and purpose in his creation. He starts by creating an uninhabitable chaos which will reveal his purpose then for the creation. It reveals his love that he has for all that he's about to make. So, first three verses then. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Three big things just to sort of pick up on then in the start. Verse 1, as we mentioned in the intro, the idea here is in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He created all things this idea of it being heaven and earth is and everything in between it's this sort of idea of the whole that has been created so the first basic principle for us is in the beginning god created all things the heaven and the earth now again the word heaven here means the skies the earth means the land that which is above us and that which is like sort of where we are at the physical space all that we can see and know God made it that's a huge principle just for our young people to get God is separate then from his creation he's above it he rules over it he's not dependent on us or anything that's been created rather the other way around we are completely dependent upon him straight away that's a big concept We've been made and created by someone altogether greater and different, set apart from us. This is the very first part of our understanding in in knowing what it means for God to be holy, unlike us, different, set apart. Worth considering, again, the culture, the context that we're hearing this and writing this initially. The idea of a creator God isn't foreign to other religions, beliefs cultures nations at the time the children of israel are existing in the space between two primary cultures of their day the babylonians and the egyptians as well as all the other kind of tribes and nations around them who all will have had their own understanding of how things came to be the babylonian sort of story is one of the most famous ones you might have heard of the god marduk and the idea of the big battles between the gods um, and the the blood that sprays out of throats and stuff like that then forms matter which forms into an earth, into humans, the humans then live in order to serve the gods, all this kind of stuff you hear of the Egyptians praying to the gods um, and, and offering sacrifices and idols, serving them in hopes that they will repay their service to them with rain and with sun and with good crops and things like that so they lived in a culture that had their own sort of beginning stories and what Moses is saying what God is revealing to his people is let me tell you what I'm like and what I did in the beginning I created the heavens and the earth there was no war there was no battle between gods this wasn't a contest chaos isn't a result of God being at work. Rather, chaos comes intentionally from God so that he can bring order to it. Now, it's worth just remembering that because we need to understand that our God, the God of the Bible, is a God who is set apart from all of the gods. He's not like them. He doesn't contest with anyone. Rather, he chooses, he designs, he brings about according to his will, no one else's. That's big for our young people to realise. We're not a product of accident, of chance, of war or of battle. Rather, a loving creator God who is self-sustaining, creating first and foremost. Verse 2. The earth then that he's created, the land that he has created, is formless and empty. And darkness is covering the waters. What's the big picture that just comes across here? This earth, the land that's been created don't think necessarily just a big mush or ball of plasticine <laughs> although i don't think it, probably it's too far off that picture wilderness just an uninhabitable space for humans and the waters are filling the space Altogether, this is not a place where life is going to exist and flourish and god's made it that way to start with it goes on to say that the spirit of god is hovering over the waters The idea of hovering conjures up an idea of restlessness, not feeling settled, of not being at home, of being at peace. So even God in this space is not content. He is not settled. Think seventh day. He's not at rest yet (laughs) in the space that he's created. And what's the author trying to show us? God creates off his own back, self-sustaining. He creates a piece of land or the earth, if you like, as it's referred to here, but think a piece of land that he's now going to form and fashion. But it starts off by being a mess. Purposefully, intentionally, then, he wants us to see that none of this is accidental. Rather, here's the potter with the lump of clay. Now let me fashion something beautiful and brilliant, just as I've designed it to be. As we then go through the rest of the verses... We could spend loads of time on what they're saying, but I don't want us to. We can just read them. Each day, God said, let there be, for example, the first day, light. Then God said, let there be. And as we go through the six-day period, two sets of three, God is addressing the mess and the chaos from the start. The first three days, he creates the spaces within this chaos into ordered space. The second three days, the second set of three, he fills those spaces with life. Then on the seventh day, when the work is done, he rests, displaying a model, displaying a pattern of order for Israel and subsequently then for us to follow. Within all of the other days, there's loads of things that you're welcome to pick up on, you're welcome to discuss and explore, but the big aim for this week are those three verses. In the beginning... God created all things. He created all of the physical space and matter around us where we exist. The land that he creates is an uninhabitable mess and it starts in this form. So that from the mess, he can bring order. He can create a place that is designed for life. And in particular, it's going to be human life to flourish. A physical space, For physical things to exist in, which reveals something about the heart of God for us. So, then, uh, in light of that, a few things for us just to remember and consider. The first thing is God, then, is the ultimate authority. He's not dependent on us, we are dependent on Him. He is separate from us and above us, and He is the creator of us. That's a huge, the implications of that are huge. Um, So be thinking about that, be thinking about how you can then apply that with your group. Also, he knows what's needed for life to flourish. He's the author of life. As the creator, he knows what life needs, not because he has to read the rule book and kind of obey it. Like, you know, think of a modern day scientist who, who needs to do the research, who needs to understand the principles and then apply them. Rather, he is just the author of life. So he knows exactly what is needed. So for us... As humans who exist in the space that he's created, we need to trust that he knows what's best for us. He knows how everything works, how we work, what we need and what we require, both physically, very obviously, and above that, like spiritually, emotionally, and um, personally. So we need to, we need to understand that as the author of life, we need to trust him in order to understand life for ourselves progressing from that or maybe just preceding that again this idea that we are not the result of an accident or an uncontrolled chaotic explosion or mess as was the teaching in the day throughout babylon and egypt and other ancient Near eastern traditions and cultures but even our own culture suggests something similar doesn't it with the scientific understandings that we have today and and what the research finds, life is just the result of a chaotic explosion of uh, you know, some sort of chemical reaction. Without getting into the science. The Bible's teaching us something more fundamental than that. That whatever means have been employed, wherever we stand on the scientific debate, it doesn't matter beyond it underneath it foundationally behind it all holding the whole thing together is a god who's created in the first instance we should feel love and care and purpose as a result of that that's a really big truth for us to really be considering and getting our teeth into as well as that finally This is the start of our story, of our human story, of our earthly story, of the story of the Bible that we begin to follow. Knowing where and why things begin helps us make sense of where we are now. Understanding purpose means using logic, having a framework that is coherent and fits. We need to understand the Bible and its purpose by understanding the start of the story now in terms of where the start of the story comes this is just part one of two parts next week will be part two when god creates the humans but before we get to the humans i just wanted us to really dwell on this idea that behind all of creation is god god creates a mess purposefully to show his loving intent and design for what will become the apex the pinnacle the point of all of this creation the humans me and you God creates because he loves us that's huge it's going to be massive when we get there but today this week in this week's lesson we just want to set up the big principles for what's to come if there are any questions please you've got to have questions you've got to have questions if you've read verses 1 to 25 if you just read 1 to 3 you've got to have questions be asking them be speaking about them be discussing them be reading up and praying give me a ring give me a text love to go for a walk i'd love to be discussing it as we're going through the weeks but uh, yeah i'm praying for us and for our young people as we spend some time in genesis these chapters are amazing and what we're also beginning to do is hardwire and program our minds and our hearts with code by which we can then unlock and tap into the meaning of any other part of the bible i'm convinced of it so yeah i'm really looking forward to the next few weeks i'm going to end it there if you've made it this far bless you usually when i do a recording it takes one or two goals and then i smash it out i reckon this is easily my 30th goal so yeah speak to you soon Chat.